Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Then Sports Today proudly presents The Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Two events from the weekend. And, oh, what's happening to my golden goose? Chuck Oliver Show on a Monday, and I hope everybody's having just a fab Monday on February 5th. We are a couple of days out of signing day, and there's stuff to do on signing day. There's a kid at LSU who's trying to pry loose from Texas A&M that's a five-star athlete. I don't know, honestly, what he's going to do in college, but he's going to be a stud somewhere, and so LSU's trying to get him. But here is the commentary for what I say this Monday, like 48 hours before signing day. Here is the commentary. LSU has, there's this five-star kid from Texas that they've been chasing. And it, does, it, it doesn't matter who he is. <laughs> Terry Bussey. Doesn't matter. And he's a great-looking prospect, and he can run fast and jump and do all kinds of things. So he's listed as athlete, and he's going to do something really good on Saturdays, I'm pretty sure. Terry Bussey's a five-star athlete from Texas who's committed to a and I'm pretty sure he's committed. And LSU's trying to get him to come to Baton Rouge instead. Five-star athlete from Texas committed to the Aggies. Biggest target on the board, LSU's priority. If they don't get him, they're okay. That's where we are for signing day. The kid that LSU was targeted, and they true loved him last week. He was on campus one day, or two days maybe. And if they get him, holy smokes, that last kid we drilled down on, the capper, the cherry, all of this stuff is great. If they don't get him, meh. The days of sitting in the office hitting refresh or the coach staring at the fax machine, we all know those are gone. But we will talk recruiting because maybe LSU adds a five-star athlete. And there are all kinds of examples at other schools, and so it's coming, and we'll get it all covered, I promise you. But we got stuff going on right now. And I say two events from the weekend. I'm going to include Friday. And just another giant slice off the golden goose that is college football. And boy, do it taste wonderful while it lasts for those sitting at the table right now. What I'm talking about, let's go back to last Friday. Friday, February 2nd, 9.58 a.m. Y'all know uh, Ainsley Lee? We had her on from AL.com, covers Auburn. This past Friday, 9.58 a.m., Hugh Freeze and Auburn's defensive staff is set for 24. Here's a look at the final product. Ainsley Lee. Seven hours later, Jacksonville Jaguars hire Auburn defensive line coach Jeremy Garrett. Um, It literally took seven hours for the defensive staff is set, and here's the final product to, nope, one guy left for the NFL. The Senior Bowl took place Saturday, 
And there are a lot of good storylines to talk about from the Senior Bowl and what actually happened out there. If you didn't see Lad McConkey, he got people's attention during the week, and then he and uh, McCaffrey's kid, or actually Ed McCaffrey's kid, Christian McCaffrey's brother, Luke. Do y'all remember Luke McCaffrey as a recruit? He was a quarterback. And I want to say he was maybe at Michigan. He was somewhere big and er. And then he transferred to Louisville for like a day or two. And then he transferred to Rice. And he was like a four-star quarterback. Well, he's a wide receiver now. And he and Ladd McConkey, they raised eyebrows. And everybody going, ooh, look at those kids out there running around. And by the way, it was a pretty average week for receivers is the general takeaway. But Ladd and, and Luke rock on. So the Senior Bowl took place. But the Senior Bowl, when I say average week for receivers, eh, maybe there's a bigger picture there. I think the Senior Bowl is in the crosshairs next of what's going on with football right now. Uh, The NFL's Pro Bowl attitude is now in Mobile. Did y'all see what happened over the weekend in Mobile? Did y'all see what didn't happen? Michael Penix didn't play in the game. Michael Penix took part in the practice and then tipped. I mean, gone. He participated in practice and then out of town. Um, Bo Nix played two series. Spence Rattler, quote, Spence Rattler, I will go ahead and tell you, he played two series and was four out of four for 65 yards. He played two series. He threw four passes. Spent all week in Mobile. Got the benefit of NFL coaching and NFL exposure because every staff is there. And Spence Rattler, because you have to have quarterbacks and Penix wasn't going to play and Bo Nix was, I'm on, I'll play two series. Pen, or whoever's making the decisions, but I think I know. And Rattler played two series as well. And the reason I say I think I know who's making these decisions, here's a quote from Spence Rattler. I felt like I wanted to come out here, create relationships, and have fun. This was just the cherry on top. Um, well, somebody has to take snaps. Unless it's the 40s and we're running like single wing stuff, somebody has to, like a quarterback has to take snaps. When I say that the Pro Bowl attitude is now, it it happened or it concluded last night. Did y'all see the Pro Bowl games are over? Somebody won like 62 to 57. I think it was really close competition of flag football and catching punts and dodgeball and such. And it was four nights or days of TV inventory. And I am not a Neanderthal caveman whatever saying, hey, these kids are not soft too soft. Um, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just giving you an observation. The Pro Bowl, as I talked about on Friday, the Pro Bowl went from it was uh, the best players in the game, which is what an all-star game is supposed to be, um, to something that you couldn't beg good, really good players to really want to go and put out any sort of effort. So the game aspect of it just had to go away. Michael Penix decided that the game aspect in Mobile was going to go away for him. Bo Nix and Spence Rattler decided that the game aspect in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, not the Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl, 
yet the game aspect is just about to go away for them as well. Sam Hartman looked around. He was like, uh, I need the stage. I'll go. So he went most of the way for one squad. Joe Milton played. Michael Pratt played. You got a little bit from the other two quarterbacks. It was a weird game. Here is the issue. Yes, there's tons of money waiting these guys at the NFL level. But there is a connection also to what happened at Auburn. Name image likeness has so overcorrected an issue that it is causing serious immediate challenges for the sport. And the group that can collectively bargain this into a sustainable long-term model, the players, the group, the only group that can agree to schools, coaches, every adult says, I want to reel this in. The only group who can really do that is almost exclusively 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. And the mindset required here is the exact opposite of what you normally encounter in a human of that age. I've told you folks, I was a good kid, kind of boring. And I made impulsive, I want it now, ooh, that's cool, risky, unwise, What all of those decisions. And I wasn't a, like a problem kid. Before my... My dad didn't know this, but before what was going to be my first senior year in college, dad's like, all right, well, you're going to be a senior now. And I was like, mm, by duration, yes. Uh, well, we're going to get you a car because you're going to graduate and then be out in your life and be an adult. And so let's go get you a grown-up car and whatever. Yeah, I chose an IROC. Dad purposely was giving me, and you're now going into adulthood and going to graduate. So choose a car. I was like, I chose of reasonable, you know, cost. I chose an IROC. And again, good kid. Kind of got a brain cell. And even I looked at it and I was like, I want that now. I can promise you there's a 0% chance. I was talking about collectively bargained. 0% chance a 19-year-old from Notasog, Alabama, who's on scholarship at Ole Miss and getting broke off through name image likeness zero percent chance that kid is going to think about the long-term good of anything beyond his deal right now go back in time and i picked anyone there are different examples fill in yours 1981 major league baseball player strike you know these names tom Seaver, pete rose by the blue everybody went on strike including guys like this Those guys were losing paychecks. They were never, ever going to recover. In part, to advance a system that would never benefit them directly. Vita Blue was 32. Tom Seaver was 37. Pete Rose was 40. And they gave up paychecks to fix a system that eventually would turn around for a kid who was like 20, 22, 25, etc., They have perspective and maturity and big picture and all kinds of stuff that a college-age kid just isn't supposed to have, regardless of details. An 18, 19, 20-year-old, they do things like choose a Camaro. What about a college-age kid making more money in four months of college football season than his parents combined 
have ever made in a year. I get it, folks. But the outcome is still the outcome. Folks who love football are fleeing from this version. And it's everywhere now from coaches like Jeremy Garrett, who's been in the NFL before. He's been in college before. He boys with uh, Hugh Freeze back from Liberty. So he brought him down to Auburn. Good coach from what everybody says. And he's like, yeah, I'd rather be in the league. For whatever reason for Jeremy Garrett, maybe he loves Jacksonville. Maybe he just don't want to pay state income tax. I don't know. Maybe they got good vittles in Jacksonville. It's like, oh, I just got to get back close to that Chinese restaurant I love so much. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to recruit. Maybe he hates his name image likeness. Maybe he hates week to week looking at his roster going, mm, who do we have? And I say week to week, true story. I, well, at least I was told and I believe it. There was a kid for one of the playoff teams. He wouldn't go to the uh, play, semifinal game without extra name image likeness money. And he got it. And by the way, I wasn't asking around and got one story. I was talking about something completely different. I was talking, oh, yeah, you know, he wasn't even going to play in the game. I was like, what? He, they came up with an extra name image likeness money. I was like, all right. Folks who love football are fleeing from this version of it. And what we see when we keep talking about it's becoming more NFL, more NFL, more NFL. Look at every league throughout history who has been a version of the NFL. They get crushed because the NFL is better. So you don't want to be closer to the NFL. You want to be different very distinctively from the NFL. And the Senior Bowl, I, I, over the weekend, I'm watching that thinking this is another step towards the NFLization of a college football-ish product. Now, it was kind of funny I say that. Kid had the interception, thought he was down. He's like, oh, wait a minute, NFL rules. <laughs> Nobody touched me. Um, but again, the Pro Bowl attitude is now kind of seeping in blatantly to what was a game involving at least most recently college football players so it's what it is man i'm just telling you that uh someone needs some long-range vision here and the tough part is that it has to involve college-age kids who I, i was one i will testify we're not exactly where we get maybe 10 12 15 30 years later so that's where we are all right we're gonna break get into it on monday next King of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Monday on Chuck Oliver Show. And we got great guests coming up in about 15 minutes. Good friend of mine, Ty Richardson. He is host of the Morning Rush, ESPN Arkansas. We're going to talk hogs. My place in this world, I've told you, there are certain programs in the SEC that they're looking around going, it, the sand just shifted. Mississippi State is one of those because they've always had a pretty, and this, I, it's what it is. And I mean, I'm talking about decades and decades and decades of this. Uh, the Mississippi State sand had at least firmament. We know what we want. We want to be champions of something. The nation, the conference, the division, whatever. 
But we want all that. Uh, give me more wins than losses, a better bowl trip than a bad one, and I beat Ole Miss. I won every year. I'll take most years. It better be some years. Like, that was Mississippi State's spot. Ole Miss always uh, held themselves in higher regard than uh, just about everybody. Um, and so maybe they wanted more and, and were insistent, but they were basically living in the same world just with candelabras. Um, Auburn doesn't live in that world. That's where they live now. What is my place in this SEC world? Arkansas, they're one of those programs. And they have national championship history. They're looking around going, it just got harder for us. It didn't have to get harder for Auburn because of the curtain. Like Oklahoma and Texas coming in, Auburn is a program that should look at those two and go, mm-hmm, okay. And right now, they don't. So it's scrambling. I mean, you freeze, juggling chainsaws. LSU. Alabama, Georgia, there are a few programs in the conference who you look around and the schedule just got different. It didn't necessarily get more difficult. Now for Florida, the kicker is they're actually in a place a little further off than Auburn in that everything is looking difficult for Florida right now. Their place in this world, and they're giant in-state rival that they have to play every year. No, state legislature will get involved. You know what the kicker there is? Same thing for South Carolina, Kentucky, a few others. It doesn't even count as a conference game. At least with Auburn, you look at it and go, you have to play Bam Air every year. I know, and we want to. We'll take them, and you, you know, give the response. But it's a conference game, at least. So Arkansas is certainly one of those programs. We've got Greg Smith coming up top of the next hour, rivals, Yahoo, et cetera. Greg Smith, national recruiting analyst. I told you there's a kid LSU is trying to get from Texas A&M. I think he's an A&M commit. Um, he's certainly – everybody's thinking he's going to sign with the Aggies. Uh, but there's a five-star kid that they're trying – there are other stories around. And so we'll see what the signings are supposed to look like. And then also a lot of activity, the class of 25 – and offers and commitments and et cetera coming in, um, as well as decommitments. I mean, Auburn lost a kid, flipped to UCF. So it's it all out there for you. And so we'll have Greg Smith on. Bottom of hour two. Good friend of mine. Uh, really looking forward to having him on. Barrett Saleh, college football smothered and covered. Uh, you know him from Sirius XM College. Uh, and we will bring Barrett on. He is doing his own thing, man. He is a digital entrepreneur. And so it's going to be the same visit as always. Uh, we will be talking college football with Barrett when he comes on. It's just that uh, you'll go consume him at a different place online. Tennessee Attorney General has responded. That's Jonathan Scrametti. Uh, has responded to the NCAA. They're going back and forth now. Do you see Rick Patino got into it over the weekend? And I, I'll give him credit. He said, not the individuals. They're doing their job. Um, the Tennessee Attorney General said in a Sunday filing that the NCAA, basically, you're def you're defending something that isn't even there. That in wanting to limit name, image, likeness, and reel this in, that the NCAA responded, and, and Tennessee and Virginia have both the states now, not the schools, the states, the states, like the capital, not the campus, have sued the NCAA. 
the attorneys general of Tennessee and Virginia seeking temporary restraining order, preliminary injunction, blah, blah, blah. Basically, we didn't violate rules or laws or anything else. Get off our backs. And so they're talking about the NCAA. Um, so this investigation that you and Virginia is kind of jumping into it as well, going, oh, wait a minute, what's going on with us? Florida State already settled and they're out of it. But the NCAA, after the initial word came out last week, hey, they're investigating Tennessee. Tennessee responded like, we haven't got notice of allegations yet. Then they found out X, Y, and Z, filed a lawsuit. Virginia, the state of Virginia did the same thing. NCAA responded by saying, we must, pro-, and I'm reading from their, their text. NCAA says, we must prohibit name image likeness compensation to protect amateurism, competition, and athletes. I will give the Tennessee AG credit, said that is a world that does not exist anymore. If you did not see, and this is the part about Rick Patino, because he talked about this on Saturday. And he's already in the Hall of Fame. And he's had his human moments where his demons got the best of him, but he's just, he's a guy, he's like 70 years old, and so we've been staring at him for, you know, 40-whatever years. He says that the NCAA, now he's head coach, and, yeah, he's still coaching, St. John's. Um, He says the NCAA enforcement staff should be disbanded because it's a joke. And I was like, here, we're going to get in trouble. He says, not because I dislike them. Not because they're bad people or aren't trying to do their job. He said, no, no, no. He said, they're of no value anymore. You can't enforce this. And them trying to, it's tilting at windmill sort of stuff, he's saying. And so he's like, it's not the people. It's this entire system that you're trying to now herd all these cats. He says, that is a joke. And Rick Patino is right. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. If you are in the Cool Kids Club, the SEC didn't really get more difficult for you. Chuck Oliver show on this Monday, nine states and 60 sticks. Wow, thank you all for the blessing, folks. I appreciate that so much. Talk college football, do it every day. Uh, this show, we will turn 10 this year, so thank you all. Um... It doesn't get more difficult for Georgia, for instance. Alabama, it doesn't get more difficult. I'm talking about Oklahoma and Texas coming in. There are some surprising programs. Auburn, like, yeah, life got Florida. Life's getting more difficult. There's a program like Arkansas. Like, it's not only more difficult, but where do we fit into this new SEC world? 
um, because they got history with Texas, for instance. And now that history is going to be front and center. And it's another team that is just a bone to be chewed. And it never gets easier at Arkansas. That is absolutely the truth. I want to welcome on right now, as I told you all, good friend, co-host of the Morning Rush ESPN Arkansas. It's Ty Richardson. Ty, welcome. How you doing today? Chuck, I'm good, man. Congrats on the 10 years. Yeah, just uh, for Arkansas, they're it's not a metropolitan area like Atlanta that they can drive 45 minutes to get to. Dallas is probably the closest at four and a half. You got Tulsa, St. Louis, but uh, the end states is just not compared to Texas and some other SEC schools they got to go with on a routinely basis. All right. So there are all kinds of scenarios. And I've talked about like Tyler Van Dyke. It was one of those where both sides at Miami looked at him and was like, maybe I should. Yeah, you should. Um, all understanding from the outside, K.J. Jefferson's relationship at Arkansas and the fans appreciated him and everything else. What is he looking for at UCF that, for instance, he wasn't going to get at Arkansas with another year? What was the whole situation there? Just to, to wrap up old business as we take a look at um, Arkansas ahead of signing day and the rest of the portal. Chuck, if, if you listen to Sam Pittman in the remaining weeks down the stretch of that season last year, he never mentioned like KJ by name coming back. There were certain guys he directly talked about. And I think it just after you had a transition from the offense coordinator from Danny, you know, got let go to Kenny Guyton and then they brought in Petrino. Just didn't think that that was the, the system that KJ wanted to spend his final year in. And that's when you bring in Gus Malzahn, who perfectly fits what KJ uh, is good at. And, I mean, Big 12 defenses versus SEC, Chuck. Who do you want to go up against every Saturday? I agree with you on that. Let's talk about, and just again, this is old business before we tilt and look ahead to the Hogs. Uh, Raheem Sanders and A.J. Green both decided they wanted to find somewhere else. Um, we're on throughout the footprint of the SEC. Uh, talk Rocket Sanders a little bit because his season never really got started. Um, tell a South Carolina fan listening what they may have in Rocket. Well, if he's healthy, you're going to have a dynamite running back who his sophomore season uh, showed that he's one of the best in the, the league and then just injuries and um, just the, it was really the overall um, offense that was just ineffective last year, Chuck. And I mean, we saw in the Florida game in Gainesville where he got to play in front of his son for the first time that he was motivated, had over 100 yards and looked like the old Rocket Sanders. If he's healthy, I know South Carolina didn't have a good offensive line last year, but if he's healthy, they're going to have a capable running back that's, uh, again, a, a guy that can be relied upon in this conference, which you can't say about every running back that plays college football. All right, let's talk about more current events. Um, last week, a wide receiver signing, Ashton Bethel-Roman, um, he got his release. He's out. Um, what's the story there? He's a kid from Missouri City, Texas, and he's no longer bound to Arkansas. Yeah, I, so I don't think he's either recommitted or, or gone anywhere else just yet. There are rumors kind of circulating on signing day about Texas A&M making a late play. Uh, I don't recover cover recruiting as deeply as some, but I was just reading some yeah. of the guys in state talking about that. Um, so that leads me to believe that's a possibility. doesn't mean he's going to end up at Texas. But I wonder, one of the things I, we speculated last week, Chuck, is like, See, obviously, people get NIL and NLI confused with National Letter of Intent, NIL. Yeah. But people like the national letter of intent i don't think is going to mean as much anymore when it's almost like recruiting suicide if you try to keep a kid on campus and if he doesn't want to be there he's not going to be there so i think we're going to see more and more occurrences like this moving forward with the current state of college football i agree with you on that are right, you mentioned bobby petrino tell me what you expect if you want to talk offense that's great tell and you know what it's going to look like and, and what he wants to do um talk dynamic um talk reception talk and i, I don't even mean 
I hate assigning past sins to people. I mean, we can all grow and change. Uh, is Sam Pittman really certain what he hired? Because I think he hired a guy who wants the head coaching job. Yeah, that's again. That was what was speculated for like first week or so when he got back on campus. And uh, I, I think, I mean, listen, I don't know the inner workings of everyone's thoughts and what they're going to do. I think for Petrino, he has a chance to sort of right his wrongs because I mean, Arkansas fans will forgive him if yep. they win football games this year. And like you got Washington, you got Washington and Tesla. Or, uh, sorry, you got Washington and Luke has back. So two tight ends that are that can play in this league. You've got some wide receivers. Armstrong's probably the most capable SEC wide receiver. Uh, you got some speed in Satania and some others. So there are some pieces to work with, but it's not what he had. Joe Adams, Jerry Ride, and Tyler Wilson, Ryan Mount. I mean, those are legends for Arkansas. And I just don't know if this offense, and you mentioned again, Texas and Oklahoma joining the league. You get Texas on November the 16th. If I remember that correctly, you want that game to mean something late. And the offense might have to kind of, hold the defense jockstrap this year it was it's really the opposite this past season chuck have you heard anything about um the bobby petrino hiring making an impact uh in any way with recruiting transfers etc because i've always said the guy like whatever it is his way works his play calling his the 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 order how he sets stuff up i mean his way is a lot of yards it's a lot of points has that resounded a little bit i think for the today's college athlete and the high school kids they didn't watch his teams right i mean mm-hmm. they, i know he was at texas a&moc last year but a lot of these kids like they, they didn't watch joe adams and those guys back in the day so it was more of like previous players calling and contacting him and say hey this is a good thing for you on offense this is going to help you along and i think for um petrino again to to see where his sole focus as you brought up is on offense um with what he has on campus to see if they work. they have a good transfer hall it's top 15 top 10 depending on what transfer service you look at their high school classes and anything to write home about and they just lost bethel roman who i think was the third highest player so they see, i mean the coverage is not it's not full right now and he's done more with less over the course of his career he's going to probably have to do that again in fayetteville in 2024 Where's the Arkansas fan just in general right now with Sam Pittman uh, and the program and what's going to unfold this year? What's good enough? Chuck, it's not, it's not great, man. And the basketball team didn't really take any heat off of it because they're, they're not any good right now. So uh, to be an Arkansas sports fan, uh, you're hoping baseball pans out because your football team didn't, your basketball team's not. And so when spring practice rolls around and you start hearing some things and there's going to be an actual quarterback competition between Jacoby Criswell and uh, Taylor Green. Uh, there's again, I, I think fans are cautiously optimistic. They got to go to Stillwater week two. <laughs> I mean, that's that was the Big Twelve uh, runner-up last year who returns both Ollie Gordon and AJ Green, uh, who an Arkansas another running back transfer. So plus, I think all their offensive linemen and their top wide receiver and their quarterback. So <laughs> I mean, I, I could see Arkansas getting just drilled that week too, and that. Hopefully it doesn't set the tone for the rest of the season, Chuck. Yeah, and you've already kind of referenced it. There's an at Auburn that is going to be desperate for freezing them, and then A&M, Tennessee, LSU mentioned Texas as well at Ole Miss. Um, I want to ask you about the game populating the end of the schedule. Um, I got to be honest. I didn't know that there was a name for Arkansas and Missouri, the battle line rivalry. Um, <laughs> is that a real thing? And has anybody on either school told the SEC we don't really care if we keep playing? 
Yeah, so Chuck, remember when Arkansas joined the league in 92 and they got paired with LSU, and LSU fans hate that rivalry? Till this, they, they don't care. Well, that's how Arkansas fans feel about Missouri, except the thing is Missouri keeps kicking Arkansas's butt every year, and Drinkwitz is an Arkansas guy. He doesn't like uh, he, he doesn't like Arkansas from the outside looking in, so it means a lot to them, and he gets it across to his players that this is an important game. Since Arkansas started playing them in 2012, evidently the message has not been received from Arkansas on campus because they only have two wins in this series. They've only beaten Drinkwitz once, and a lot of these games, Chuck, have been massacres. Like, Missouri's just beaten the dog out of Arkansas, so... That has not helped at all, and whether the the SEC again the SEC is is wanting that game to become something, I don't think it ever will. Just be this insane rivalry, but especially if Missouri just keeps drilling Arkansas every year. Well, I got to agree with you on that. All right, Ty, I appreciate you uh, your expertise as always, brother. Thank you for coming on. Chuck, see you in Dallas in July, man. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Ty Richardson, co-host, Morning Rush, ESPN, Arkansas. David, I'm going to bring in David, our engineer. You know a bunch of um, college football facts, and I'm going to say some oddity. I say some things one sometime about the location of a stadium, the name of a stadium, a conference, a mascot, and David's like, no, be honest. Did you know Arkansas-Missouri, the rivalry had a name, and then it was the battle line rivalry? Because I've never heard of that. I have. I, I know there's a trophy associated with it. David, battle line rivalry. Now, it is, it's pimped as the first meeting was in 1906. I promise you, in a series that the first meeting was in 1906, the second was in 1944, they met again in 63, and then 40 years later in a bowl game? It did not have a natural, organic rivalry title. This is one of the invented sort of things. And so we have a name now. Due to the state line between the two states dividing the North and South during the Civil War. So that's what we have now. They played three times in like the first 90 years of the program. But now they've played. And so y'all have a rivalry. And they're like, we do. Trophies are not necessarily something new. I've told you about the golden boot. And, and by the way, I, I don't want to say invented, made up, because that's sort of a that's, a, that's a negative. That's almost a pejorative. Let's say more modern or contemporary rivalries. Those can be great. They really can. I've told you, Texas A&M, Alabama was poised to do that. A&M didn't live up to their end of it. More modern, contemporary trophies. The golden boot is amazing. Biggest, most heaviest, like I think factually it's the tallest and the heaviest. Uh, and then I'll just say this is unofficial, most gaudy trophy you'll ever see. And the folks who hand the trophy each year, who, who they, they, that was their goal. Please understand that. With the Miami turnover chain in that first year with Rick, do y'all remember? They said, we want this to be as Miami as possible. And... They hit the target. David Basil, good friend of mine who Arkansas radio out there and former varsity letterman, linebacker for the team back in the 80s. It's it's his trophy. He made it up. He invented it. It's contemporary. It's more modern. And it's glorious. 
And the goal was to be gaudy and big and huge, and you can't not look at it. And the players like that trophy. So the golden boot works. And again, it is more modern. Um, 1996 was the first year. And so now you blink and you're staring at almost 30 years of it. And so it's contemporary and it works. But for programs that really don't have history and don't necessarily share a border or one they care about or what, or even pay attention to each other. Um, yeah, a lot more contrived and hard to get behind that one. All right, we're break. Uh, we're going to break and we will wrap up hour one next. Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. About it, you know, when you're talking about transfer portal and you're talking, talking about the NIL, all, all the different things that have really changed and affected college football, you know, I, I do think there's a ton of parity, uh, you know, and there's a ton of parity in this league. You know, I, I think you certainly better better play good at home, you know, in this league. And I think, you know, because there's some tough venues that everybody has to go play in. Chuck Oliver Show on a Monday, and that is Louisville head coach. Excuse me. Former Louisville head coach, Scott Satterfield. And he is talking about the challenges of continuing the success at his current spot. Remember that that was a program that was uh, punching up recruiting-wise. Like when there really were 65 Power 5 schools, and Cincinnati was not one. They're Group 5. They were landing in the mid-40s recruiting-wise. And that was Luke Fickle of the system and everything else. And so it worked for him. Um, it's a big challenge. And I said, you go back, they had an undefeated regular season most recently when they made the playoffs as the four seed. But they have had, they had an undefeated season, I want to say, with Brian Kelly. Um, they just, they've had a lot of success. And if you want to go back about 15 years or so, Cincinnati, they had on-field success as a team. They put players in the NFL, et cetera. It's, they have mm, – look at their transition last year to the Big 12. It was a, an awakening, and I've talked about this. The four, four of the five lowest finishing teams in the Big 12 were the four, quote, younger programs, the programs that did not have a Power 5 roster in the season. Totally different world, man. Big, big, big awakening. And I will say this now as a broad statement. They got no chance to catch up because of how you build a roster now. Um, Speaking of building a roster, there is one draft prospect's reputation that is now reflecting a little bit more reality. And I'm talking about Dallas Turner. That kid was getting dinged at times during the season because he hits too hard, essentially. What in the world? Huh? What do we more specifically, and you can go Google your computer, find Dallas Turner, Alabama, defensive end, edge, linebacker. We'll describe him however you want to. Dallas Turner, Google your computer. Um NFL draft profile profile preview, whatever it is. Find opinions on Dallas Turner. If you are looking at draft previews from Right now, like post-end of the season, mm, yeah, it's all good. Before that, though, 
Because every draft profile for an individual player, they're going to have the deets. And for him, the deets are 6'4", 6'5", about 242. And his times and his bench and all this other stuff. But it's going to say positives, and then it's going to say negatives. And on the negatives, almost every time you would get anyone talking about Dallas Turner, either digital word or spoken word before the end of the season, overly aggressive, prone to penalties. No, he's prone to huge plays where he knocks out the other team's quarterback. That's what he's prone to. He's at, when, it, when I hear attitude, he's too aggressive, prone to penalties. He was an edge rusher in the SEC. What attitude and approach would you like him to have? I like the one where he hits the other team's QB and then the guy doesn't get to keep playing that day. Not where he hurts somebody. No interest in that at all. I don't think he hurt Jaden Daniels. I don't think he hurt Quinn Ewers. Not really. Not because of the hit being late or whatever else. Not because it was a dirty play. It wasn't that there was the whistle and then five seconds later he's walking towards the bench and it's just a shot right in the back. In both of those cases, which were the most high-profile plays, it did result in the other team's quarterback leaving the game. And it was over at that point. That's a big part of why Alabama won both those games. Big difference between pain and injury. Big difference between hitting a guy so hard that he takes the rest of the day off. Um, Or you hit a guy and you land on him and he hurts his shoulder. But if it's not a dirty play, that means it's just a football play. And even when it's a penalty, it doesn't mean it's a dirty play necessarily. It can be aggressive. It can be overly. It can be a penalty and a player can be prone to penalties. We have to be realistic here. In the NFL, they love everything that I just talked about regarding Dallas Turner. Now that we're getting closer to combine and personal workouts and pro days and the draft itself, it seems the concentration is 100% on dude 6'4", 240, and destroys quarterbacks, which is the second most important ability in the NFL to playing quarterback. There are three, thought to be three quarterbacks who I think will lead off the draft. What was it, uh, 21, where the first three picks, it was, don't tell me. First three picks were quarterbacks, and then Kyle Pitts went four. What a strange draft. I think the first three picks will be quarterbacks this year as well. And... After the quarterbacks, you've got three elite, potentially elite level pass rushers. You got Jared Verse, you got the kid uh, from UCLA, and then you have Dallas Turner. It's not just beauties in the eye of the beholder. And so these teams are going to take quarterbacks in the first three spots, I believe. And there is a chance that the next three picks are all chance. Now, Marvin Harrison will go somewhere in the top, say, seven. So let's say three quarterbacks, three pass rushers, and Marvin Harrison. I don't know. You tell me. What's the NFL game about? It's about throwing the football. It begins and ends with your quarterback play. All right. What will directly affect quarterback play on every snap? My quarterback, who he's throwing to, the guy who's trying to hit him. Those are the only three spots that are going to occupy the top seven picks in the NFL draft, in my opinion. And I'm glad for Dallas Turner. 
because, again, I was just mystified. I was like, all this stuff is good. And no, a dirty play isn't good. LSU fan right now is not happy. You can you can go YouTube your computer and because I, I did all this. Go to YouTube. Is Dallas Turner a dirty player? I was like, no, he's not a dirty player. He's extremely aggressive and he does get penalties. But if you're not actually hurting players, knocking them out of the lineup, damaging their careers, don't injure somebody. Make them feel it a little bit. That's good stuff. And the prone to penalties, I've always said, and this is true, write it down. It's it's a sports rule. It's true, folks. I promise you it's true. Penalties and turnovers will kill you. No, turnovers will kill you. Turnovers will end your season. Penalties? I don't necessarily want them. Meh. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 